0: Welcome to episode six of Darren Creating Refuge. Today was another tough day, and um, in these moments, I am finding that it's good to um, record the emotions and situations that I'm going through. And what I find helpful in terms of some realizations and perspectives in terms of um, my growing process, I like to refer to it as a growing process instead of survival. Um, Survival to me has these connotations of the 1980s that I grew up in that was very filled with uh, violent films that I consumed. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Charles Bronson, um, Sylvester Stallone, all these kind of ultra violent films that I was raised upon in this survivalist, kind of mercenary like soldier of fortune lifestyle. And so I like to move away from that term, um, survival into recovery or growth. So, um, In this episode, I would like to cover um, this theme that I brought up in episode five, around the tail end of it, of uh, isolation, uh, solitude, alienation, and um, the step or the path towards reintegration. Um, So for myself, um, how I have tried to reintegrate into society and, um, with others instead of self-imposed isolation, um, and mind spinning in that process. It's by feeling the fear and just doing it anyway. Um, so that's a popular phrase that I've came across in a book about ascension, um, And it really spoke to me and it gave me perspective on why I do some of the things that I do. So in the previous episode of uh, episode four, I talked about cycling and getting outdoors, movement, the importance of movement to um, process some of the things that are going on in my mind and just sweating it out and sorting it out on the road or through a walk or in nature Um, and sitting with that insight. So, uh, for me, one of the things that I've used, um, to reintegrate is dancing. So many of you who may follow me on Instagram know that I like to go-go dance. And when I go-go dance, I dance up to five hours straight, pretty much without a bathroom break um i'm usually on a stage um or on a dance floor i bring a couple water bottles with me um and i fill them up so i don't have to leave the floor or the box um and what i do is i dress up like i used to when i was a teenager um Some people refer to it as drag, it's really not drag, it's more like costuming, um, I don't mind the term drag though, um, and it's an extension of my gothic slash death rock days when I was a teenager, although I do not wear makeup, um, maybe a wig at most, and uh, outfits that are a combination of sportswear ethnic wear, um, and I've been adding some other kind of jazzy elements, decorative stuff to my outfits to stick out, um, from the crowd, so one of my last outfits I had, I had two pink little toy Uzis that light up, these handguns that light up when you depress the trigger, um, and I wore that with, um, these leggings with knee pads by Nike, uh, a Puma top, and uh, arm sleeves, um, and a white Andy warhol S wig. Um, So that gives you an idea of some of the things I wear. I also bring stretch brands to kind of work out some kinks in my body as I'm going along as you can imagine that is a very vulnerable space to be in so wearing something really kind of peculiar some may say strange or outlandish and being on center stage and everyone's looking at you or not um when i first got onto the box um i i experienced like the changes within the bay area and that the club that i was dancing in where this was considered normal fair um it was really not the thing anymore um so the demographic shift uh, and the new club goers would point laugh um some would give praise Some would hit my butt or what have you um and just being open to that process um and I was going to clubs with the intention on meeting people, making friends, and whatnot. But ultimately, I would be going home alone, um, and this would uh, kind of set my mind in the space of, like, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, why aren't I meeting people? La di da. But just being open to the experience and what unfolds, unless and being less reactive um, allowed love to manifest. And through that process, I did meet a lot of people here in Oakland at this one club that I dance at called the Uptown. They have a night and I met the photographer there. And I also met a lot of the DJs and they were a supportive system of sorts. Um, I don't necessarily see these people outside of the club environment. Um, but, you know, I count them as my extended family. They are a support system of sorts. The photographer who I met, she actually supported me after my, um, being attacked, um, at the train station. So she, she helped me, um, with a ride home when I was rained out in the rain with a bike. Um, and, uh that felt good that other people cared for me and these are new people in my life who that actually cared for me and were concerned about my well-being um at a, at the same place at Oakland this one night i did meet someone else also um extended their concern after i was attacked um alas that um went in a different direction And that's when I imposed my boundaries, um, when I found that I was extending myself to someone who um, turned out to be narcissistic and didn't have any boundaries and uh, basically made um, my uh, gains or uh, positive experience of getting new employment all about her um and making everything about her and not having boundaries and and um that was really a sign that oh you know I do not want to repeat this path I've been in relationships and friendships with people like this before and I basically put my foot down that you know my feelings were hurt and you know thanks for making my good news all about you so um yeah, so in that process of feeling that fear and reintegration, just putting oneself out there. Um another way that I've been doing this is by um going to the meditation center regularly and being in these situations that are kind of vulnerable. Um and Through a lot of dyad and triad sharings at the meditation center, during uh, workshops, um, day-long retreats at the center, um, and simple introductions through members, um, we've shared some pretty um, personal stuff. And through that, it kind of breaks through the barriers and it breaks through a lot of pretense. Um, and within that vulnerability, there's a sharing of um our basic humanity, and it really helps to be heard so within the space when someone is talking, the other person just listens and they listen with their entire being and heart and for those of us who survived or <laughs> grown through and are grown out of um really unhealthy relationships being heard is really important and um, for years not being heard was um, an issue for me and it became like I was a broken record so my own family uh, my spouse it was just constant not being heard and or maybe they heard the same thing over and over and over again that they got tired and just gave up. And with that becomes the reala- realization within a Buddhist concept of impermanence that things don't last forever. Um, and there is a natural life and death um, cycle of relationships. Um, and then there's also the desire for relationships. So for the last. A uh, year, um, plus, so I'm going on, like, a year and a half of celibacy, I haven't had intimate relations since my life left me, abandoned me, um, I have gone on dates, and some were platonic, um, Some had hints of romance, but they never got to that level of uh, consummation. Um, And through that, just through the process and the experience of being with someone else, it's um, just being present within that situation and not diving into the past and letting all your grief out of your mouth. Um it's something that I learned from my previous relationship, um particularly with my spouse, who could never really give up talking about her exes, that that was something that I did not want to do, although the people that I did go on these platonic dates and um, dinner dates with um, we did talk lightly about it, but I didn't make it the whole thing, um, so it was obvious that I'm in a healing space, and maybe I am not ready for a relationship, and the bottom line is that relationships take work, um, so where do I get my joy, um, my joy is through interacting with people, it makes me feel as though I exist, Um, When I'm heard, I feel like I'm important, that I matter, that I'm seen. So at my job, I really love talking to customers, um, having conversations with them about bicycles, um, touching on change in the Bay Area, um, just being very personable. And the same thing applies to the meditation center that I go to. Um, so I have many friends at the meditation center that I have, um, conversations with and we ate each other along the path and one common element or thread between many of us is that we all endured incredible hardships of one sort or another, um, and, Perhaps, um, this is why we seek refuge and seeking refuge in community or the sangha of like-minded people. Um, so thus the community becomes our support system. We also, um, seek refuge in the dharma or wisdom that is shared through teachers as well as the sangha or community. So sharing those stories also, um, grounds us, if you will, um, and then, um, lastly, although this is all backwards, um, the last jewel, if you will, of the three jewels of Buddhism is seeking refuge in the Buddha, and the wisdom shared and transmitted through the Buddha, and there's many Buddhas, um, so, for myself, I am aligned more with Kuan Yin, who is the goddess of compassion, um, I, uh, I am also, um, highly immersed in Manjushri, uh, which is, um, a bodhisattva, um, that wields a sword and cuts through, um, kind of referred to as uh the one who cuts through bullshit um and i'm also um deeply aligned with Tara that represents liberation there's many different forms of tar- Tara and um and Amitabha um who uh whose vehicle is the peacock so i'm very enamored with the peacock and there's actually a story of how the peacock was created by Guan Yin um, from a brown bird. And so if you look at peacock's feathers, um, at the tip of the feather, it looks like an eye. And the legend says that Guan Yin created the peacock feather um, to watch over all of humanity, and report back to her all those naughty deeds, um, so, um, reintegration, it's, um, it is a process, alas, I am alone, um, I am living with my cat, um, And a cat can be just as important as a person. So my cat loves to, um, walk all over me, curl up by my side, um, squawk at me, purr, and having an animal like a cat or a dog or a bird, what have you, is very, uh, grounding in that it connects you, um... To another living being that actually needs you in terms of life and love. And, um, my cat is actually sitting right next to me right now and but headbutting my arm and wanting me to pet her even more. Um, so, reintegration is also, um can be difficult at times when we run into, um, face-to-face difficult people. So, today, on my way home from work, and it was a very grueling day at work, um, we've been short-staffed, um, for a long time, and, uh, in this process, um, today, I knew today was going to be a difficult day at work. I brought my Bluetooth radio and I played some music videos on repeat via Bluetooth to my speaker and sang along the best I could to kind of quell some of the anger and anxiety that resides within me when I ride one, um, avoiding cars that are trying, um, to hit me sometimes, um, and also, to, not engage, um, with rage, road rage, while I'm riding, so on the way back home, I, broke some records, in terms of speed, around the lake, Lake Merritt, here in Oakland, and when I got home, I, I ate something, uh, clean, which was, um, chicken and um, asparagus. And then I was just craving something sweet because I had such a bitter day. So there's this Cantonese belief, Cantonese-Chinese belief, um, Chinese of southern China, Hong Kong, Guangzhou, um, that when you have like a better taste in your mouth, you eat something sweet to bring the sweetness in. So I was like, oh, I need some ice cream so I went to the corner quick stop convenience store gas station to buy a pint of ice cream and lo and behold I didn't have any dollars I just had change, but it was big amounts of change so there were quarters I had four dollars and quarters just enough for a pint of ice cream so I go up to pay for the ice cream and the guy looks at me and he's like he doesn't ring up the ice cream and I'm like what's going on he's like well we don't want your quarters and I'm like what it's money and do you want me to just put this back in the freezer because I will and he's like no but so we get into this little tiff back and forth he finally takes my money and gives me my change in this really rude manner and then I leave and I'm just like well gee that kind of spoiled my ice cream regardless I ate it And then I decided at that moment that, you know, I'm not going to put myself in this situation again. So I decided that the convenience store that I've been going to for the last almost, well, gee, yeah, four years, that I am no longer going to go there because I'm not going to go someplace That it's going to be so rude when I'm just in there to buy something it's not like I am a derelict just giving my spare change away Um, so I did eat it and it I guess took away the bitterness in some ways but now I'm kind of in this talkative um, processing if you will Um, so reintegration could be challenging when we're faced with difficult people and difficult situations. Um, and I was successful in not letting my mind spin in terms of making it, um, a negative experience about why can't I, you know, be this and that when all it was was a situation where a rude clerk didn't want my quarters. Um, So, yeah, this, um, process of reintegration is very tricky, um, but I, I find that, you know, if we dance with the fear instead of, um, running away from it, um, that's where these unexpected, um, lessons, um, experiences, um, jewels, if you will, may occur, um, so, I've been typically a loner throughout my whole life. It's been difficult for me to make friends. I don't have a lot of friends. And the friends that I do have, I tend to hang on to. Um, When I lose friends, it's really hurtful. Um, And so, thus, the internet and social media having, like, internet friends is... um, Attractive in some, some ways, um, however artificial it may be. So, with that, um, going to the meditation center in itself for me is dealing with my anxiety in terms of meeting people. And although I love going to the center, it's like... Um I don't necessarily socialize with the people outside of the center. And maybe that would be the next step. Like saying to go someplace besides the center with somebody else from the center. That would be ideal. Or taking our practice outside of the doors of the center into nature. Um, so that's the next step that I am playing with in my mind in terms of reintegration. And hopefully you know, fostering relationships with people from the center who I've met, um, to widen into new friendships, um, and hopefully it is something I could report about in the future. So, um, thank you for listening to Daring Creating Refuge. Episode six, and this episode was on reintegration um, during phases of isolation, alienation, and solitude. Thanks for listening.